Welcome to Sunburnt Country Music, interviews with Australian country music artists. My name is Sophie and I have been interviewing Australian country music artists for over a decade and I still love it. I love their stories, I love their insights and I love their music. So I hope you enjoy hearing from them on this podcast. Hayley Jensen is one of Australia's most powerful live performers, which I know because I have seen her play live and she first came to public attention on Australian Idol. Since then, she has released three studio albums and has twice been nominated for the Golden Guitar for Female Artist of the Year. She has a brand new single called Bring It On. And if you need a song to motivate you to do just about anything, this is the one. Hi, Hayley. I love the sound of that. (laughs) Hello. It is. Really, yeah. I'm actually going to start with live performance because I've seen, as I said, I've seen you play live and you really command a room and that's not just with your voice but with your stage presence. So I'm wondering from the start, did you have stage presence or did you feel you had stage presence or has it been something that you've had to learn? Oh, my gosh, I definitely had to learn it. Right. I definitely had to learn it. And I recall being a little you know, as a child, um, people asking me to come sing, you know, mum, come out and sing for family or what have you. And I would make everybody turn around. I would hide in another room and just sing through the little slit of the door or out the window while everybody had to turn around and not look at me because I didn't want them to see me, heaven forbid. (laughs) I don't know what I thought was going to happen. But, um, yeah, it was... I, I definitely had to develop it. And even if I sort of look at a lot of my videos and things through Australian Idol, I had a lot of feedback the whole time, you know, oh, we're just not sure you know how to move on stage and, you you know, we're just not, not convinced about that side of... And meanwhile, in my head, I'm thinking I'm giving the best performance ever, but it must have all just been kind of trapped in my, in my mind. And so um, I think... What switched it for me was I actually became part of this kind of alt rock band at one point. <laughs> it's a strange diversion in my from you know very contemporary um, you know music at that time to oh yeah I'll join a band that sounds like fun I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do at the time and anyway they were like you know we're like a rock band right and I'm like there were these quite young like younger than me boys right and I'm like yeah I like rock music like the cranberries and stuff and they're like yeah no that's not what we're like talking about we're like you need to like be able to get your foot on that fold back and throw your head back and forth and you know really get into it and run back and forth on the stage and I was like yeah I can do that I can do that and so I just studied bands like Paramore and you know all of these really high energy you know pink I guess and another artist that I thought were able to kind of you know as you say command the stage bring energy and you know I'm no longer thrashing my head back and forth (laughs) on the stage but it's certainly um having to do that I guess it was a challenge for me to to, a personal challenge really um being part of that to to say well come on can you do it so um I guess, yeah, I just learned from that to be comfortable in my body and on the stage and I would touch the stage when I used to walk, step onto it to like connect with it so that I didn't feel I was having this sort of out of body experience, you know, I was grounded and that's really where I think, um, you know, and connecting with the with the lyrics of the songs, obviously when, you know, you write your own songs, 
you know, generally they're coming from a personal experience. So if you allow yourself to be vulnerable with people and share that true and full experience of what that felt like and communicate that, um, you know, through your voice and your performance, then that's, I think, you know, it's a more authentic way of of delivering it and it connects with people and everybody feels something and there's energy in the room. And I could talk about this, but I, I could literally talk about this for the entire interview. I'm really passionate about it. Yeah. And I, and, and I find it fascinating because I'm very fond of saying people love to hear about work and this is a stagecraft. I think can be really underrated because when someone comes out like you and you make it look natural so what you've just talked about is how you had to learn to do it. You're in a rock band. You studied other artists. So for a period of time, it was like you're in the chrysalis forming yeah. yourself. And I imagine it was this conscious process when you're on stage, which can be a distraction from singing because you're thinking, how am I moving until you get to the point where it's natural. Absolutely. But it does take a lot of work to look really natural on stage, unless you're holding an instrument, sure, like you're behind your instrument, but you're not usually and do you know what I even hate having a microphone stand in front of me because for me anything that kind of disconnects me from the people that are there to enjoy the show or experience you know the song and and you know the experience of of a song um I feel like anything between me and them is like a, it's a barrier, you know, and it, it actually holds me right back. I hate having, I really don't like having fallback wedges in front of me. You know, I have my in-ears. I'd much prefer to be able to get right out in amongst everybody. And, yeah, it's, I I could talk about it forever. It's, um, but I think, you know, I think it's an important part of performing and something that, yeah, it, as you say, it could be under underrated because people just think, well, I've got a good voice and I've got a good song and here's my band and I'm ready to go, right? And it's like, yeah. well, you know, there's multi, there's lots of layers that you can add to, to what you bring. So well, in becoming a, an entertainer, which I think is what you're talking about. It's 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 that bringing that full-bodied experience to the audience. And and I imagine for you at a certain point, once it started to feel a bit more natural, it became more rewarding for you as yeah. a performer. Absolutely. Where you take that risk, you take that chance and think, well, you know what? Oh, like what's the worst that could happen here? And, you know, I remember think I remember thinking, you know, everyone wants you to succeed. You know, you're going out there with all those little one lines in your head, like everyone there wants you to do a really good job. You know, they're, they're all, they've all come here to see you. So don't hold back. And, and, um, you know, there's all, as I say, all those little kind of tidbits that you remind yourself. And, you know, I remember, I remember on Idol, you know, Mark Holden used to say to me all the time, I can see you thinking about the, what you're singing, you know, like I can see it in your eyes that you're thinking about what you're doing. And mm-hmm. so it became a really, you know, it became a bit of a, like, hmm, I got a bit of paranoid about it for quite a while of like, you know, am I really that disconnected from mm-hmm. the audience you know like in, in my own little bubble of trying to have it all together and and then so yeah I think it it really comes down to trusting yourself everybody's got something unique and different and individual and I remember when I came off the show and 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 I met with this wonderful manager who I sent this massive long essay to about you know she was managing, you know, some of the biggest artists in the country at the time, what have you. And 
oh, you know, I wonder if you'd be interested in managing me, you know, if I send this big email and very professional-like and everything. And and she's sort of come back going, let's meet for a coffee. <laughs> and one of the first things she said was, what was, what is your unique thing that you bring? Mm. You know, um, I'll give the example. She was talking about Sarah Blasco at the time and how she performs in a certain way and that connects with people and, you know, um, and it's interesting and unique. And what is it that you do that's unique and interesting and different? And it really made me go away because I, I didn't really know how to answer that question. I was just like, I don't know. I just like to sing and just people have said that they like it when I do sing. So <laughs> I was like, yeah, go in, go in, do some work. <laughs> so, but, but it was great that she met with me and I'll, I'll never forget that conversation. And so it's, you know, it's harsh, but it's kind of, it's the reality of if you want to do it for a living, it's sort of, you have to challenge yourself. Mm. and it started you probably on the trajectory you've been on but it's interesting that as a kid you wanted barriers between you and anyone who was listening and now you don't like them at all but it, it, to me describing what you felt like as a child sort of like the not I suppose the burden in a way of having a having a gift having a talent like you obviously did as a child you had this voice people wanted to hear you sing but as a kid you can't really understand what that means yeah know? totally I I just I thought, oh, this is so awkward. Why do I have to have this thing that people want me to do? Like, you know, just let me blend into the background. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah uh, it was, you know, nobody else is asking anyone else to sing. Why do I have to sing? <laughs> um, yeah, where other kids might might have, you know, loved the attention or could, you know, loved standing out or what have you. I, I wasn't really that. It's quite a shy little thing. I mean, I was determined but I yeah I I didn't like being center of attention so much so <laughs> but what you, were, no, I'm <laughs> what you were saying about connecting to the lyrics of the song also um there's something in that about wanting to serve the song and in turn wanting to serve the audience that's in front of you that I think helps helps you become the performer you are it's like there's there's this connection going on the whole way through you to the song song to the audience and then looping yeah. around if that makes sense yes yeah and I think uh it, it was interesting you know during lockdowns and everything when we had to record when I had to record all of my vocals for my you know for Breaking Hearts and then again I've done it for this album just on my own here this is my microphone behind me like my suit that <laughs> That's literally a cupboard door where I stand into that little nook. It's got padding on the insides of it. And I put this up around it. And um, but it gave me that freedom when I wasn't in a studio with a producer sitting like my family used to when I was, even though I can get up on a stage and perform and all that sort of stuff. But um I guess having that freedom to try different things and and experience a song in different ways and you know. Um, just when I was recording the vocals um, outside of all the conversations that you have when you're creating a song and and all of the energy and fuel that goes into that, when you then have to record it. And it's like this is the version of the song. Yeah. Every note, every in, intention that you put behind every note and and pause and everything else, um, that's going to be there forever and that's going to be people's experience of that song so you know you want to make sure you make the right choices and so you've got you know I, I was just 
I think having that space to experiment with, you know, different takes on a verse, different takes on a chorus, on a line, on a word, on a end of a word, on a vowel, on a, you know, um, kind of also helps you to sort of tease some of that stuff out before you hit the stage and then go, I know what I'm, I know what I want to convey here because I've tried to convey it in so many different ways. And so I've landed on, you know, and that, and it changes over time too. There's songs from my, the last album and the album before that I now perform that I kind of perform in a completely different way too, because I've had lived with them for a while and it's, you know, it's kind of nice too when you get to reinvent things, but with different intention. Mm. Yeah. And this is, this also goes to the fact that your voice you know, has this power, obviously you can project beautifully, but there's also nuance within it. And to me, what you've just described about, going back and forth with things, trying them out, being with the song for a while, that's where those nuances come in. And I'm wondering if you start from the point of connection with the lyrics or if you almost inhabit a character, even if the character is you, which just seems a little yeah. metatextual, but yeah. if you, if the song is about you, whether actually there's an aspect of you that you channeled when you're recording that song. Totally, absolutely. You have to sometimes, particularly if you've written a song about something that happened a, a long time, a while ago, but you still have you can recall how that made you feel. You have to kind of conjure it up. Mm. And it, that can also be, uh, you know, it's pretty emotional when, particularly when you've written about something that's, you know, a traumatic experience or, a, you know, whenever I sing the song that I wrote for my beautiful dad behind me in, in the picture here, you know, um, you, you're reconnecting with that um with that lyric lyric with that story again and um you know I, I guess even when I'm singing songs that aren't mine you have to sort of as you say like embody that mm. sort of character for that moment in time and it's you know um it's interesting when I I keep harping back to it now because I haven't really thought about it for a long time but when I was um first auditioning for Idol and I sang the song Angel I had a I had brought on a, a coach to help me with sort of through some of the the auditioning and you know obviously I was quite nervous performing and things and and she was actually a theatre coach and so she was like um, an acting coach so you know and she was sort of using method acting techniques and stuff you know like think of the saddest thing you've ever had happen in your life and and then that's what you need to feel when you're singing that song or or what have you and I remember just being like oh no just cry the whole time through the song which is like well then cry she's like cry cry (laughs) very confronting for somebody that didn't want to show their emotions at that point in time but I think Again, some of that advice is kind of, you know, not that I'm saying everybody should, but but if you can get close enough to the edge of that emotion mm. where you can feel the sting of it or the burn or the pain or the mm. happiness or the, you know, that you actually in that moment expressing, because a song is three minutes, you know, capturing mm. uh, an emotion, it's like, or a range of emotions, but yeah, you got that time to kind of communicate it. Otherwise, that that moment's passed, and you know anybody could people could be listening to anything. So 
Yeah. Then you come back to the technique of things because, of course, if you're going to cry while you're singing, that's going to affect your voice because it's not easy to sing (laughs) while you cry and have a lot of emotion. So I guess it's, as you said, coming to the edge of it and then being able to control what's coming out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, and sometimes you can and sometimes you you go too far and then it's, and it's, and it's too far. Sometimes you have one too many champagnes before you get on stage and before you know it, you're back there in that moment and, and you can't control what, you know, you've, you've let yourself go there. Um, I think because I've practiced it so many times, I just do it by default. But then if you, yeah, if you let yourself go that little bit too far, um, then, yeah, it. But you know what, sometimes those moments as well are the ones, not necessarily the ones when you've had too many champagnes on stage, <laughs> but um, where you do go there um, and it's not the perfect vocal performance mm-hmm. are often the ones where people connect and remember and, and right. you know, if, that, if you're really feeling that and you're really you know I think empathy if anybody has any ounce of it people mm-hmm. feel mm. feeling so yeah it's it's a strange thing I've never <laughs> spoken about this stuff I mean I, I speak to it with people that I kind of coach and that sort of stuff but yeah it's interesting to talk about it in an interview thanks for bringing it no, up well as I said the work is always fascinating and I and it, and it's partly I ask the questions because as I said earlier it can look easy from the outside it can look effortless it can look like you just got up and opened your mouth and out came this amazing voice and yeah. all that kind of stuff but there is so much work that goes into it so that the audience can have that experience but you talked about uh songs that connect to experiences that you've had, which is a lovely segue to the new single, which is called Bring It On. And it is a real anthem about standing up for yourself and not taking things lying down. Now, I imagine that these are things you've had to do a bit in the music industry. Yeah, certainly in the industry um, and in life. I mean, when, I mean, we we sort of wrote this song. I, I didn't want to just write another sort of, you know, heartbreak, you know, dumb bad kind of song I wanted to write something that had a empowering message behind it that at the end of at the end of it it left somebody going yeah you know I've been through this experience but I'm actually I'm stronger because of it and so you know take that (laughs) Um, and bring it on because everything that you throw at me I'm just going to use as fuel and get stronger and fight harder and prove you wrong or prove myself right or whatever, however you, you want to spin it. But, um, you know, I I was in, in a relationship, I was in a marriage when I was going through Idol and my husband at the time um, didn't want me to be part of it at all. He didn't want me to sing. He was kind of really overwhelmed by the whole experience. I mean, this was very full on, but, mm-hmm. um, and when I came off, it was like, no, I just want you to get a real job. You know, I don't like you being out there doing this. It's not what I want for our lives. And I was sort of 21, kind of come off the biggest, most crazy experience of my life thinking, wow, the world is my oyster. Look at this opportunity I've just been given to get out there and I've got to work so hard and I've got to try and push, push, push. And there was just somebody on the other side pulling me back, pulling me back and down um, and making me doubt myself. And, and you know, when people feel insecure and 
they tend to become very manipulative and and there's all that you know well you never made you didn't get through you didn't win so what do you think you you're never going to make it like well it's just a pipe dream you know all that kind of stuff that went on for years and years until I finally finally got the courage and it, it's bloody hard to pull yourself out of a situation like that and people go why don't you just get out of it well I'm a loyal person I committed so I didn't I didn't want to renege on that commitment without really knowing that it was the right thing to do but at the end you know your own peace of mind and uh, happiness in life you have Mm -hmm. to guard your yourself and and I know that and I knew then that I didn't really choose to do this. It kind of chose me. If I, you know, I didn't choose it because I was hiding behind all this, <laughs> you know, like, please don't make me do it. <laughs> yeah. But there was something in me that was just going, come on, just do it, just do it, just do it. There's something you've got. This is your country. This is what I'm going to leave behind in the world, you know, and now, like at the end of the day, this is my contribution and, you know, um, I don't have kids. This is my music is my baby and my my message to the world. So it's um, you know, it's really important to me. And uh yeah, I think coming out of that situation, um, having to fight to, you know, for what I believed in and having somebody kind of try to keep tearing me down and pulling me mm-hmm. back and and, you know, and then, of course, the music industry, you just face this kind of stuff all the time. The rejection, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you get told no way more times than you get told yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, you get um, legs up and opportunities and things way less than, you know, they don't come just land in your lap. You've got to work for them and fight for them. Mm-hmm. And and then, you know, maybe you'll get it you're like um so you've got to really believe in and be passionate about what you do and I think yeah this song was sort of born out of that collective um I don't know all my life I've been a fighter (laughs) (laughs) well and the situations you're describing take a lot of energy to manage that's the other thing like when someone is when you're in a relationship with someone who's who's trying to stop you doing something you want to do even if it's not a big life thing like career every time that's happening you've got to butt back against it expend energy if it's happening in the work itself it's expending energy all of that is taking time and energy away from what you actually want to do yeah absolutely yeah absolutely and you sort of end up going down wiggly windy paths trying to skirt around and and you know I certainly did that ended up doing all sorts of you know things with music and just different things that I think what was I doing there or why did I end up there or it doesn't really matter now because it's all part of the journey and it, everything you experience. I'm a wise old lady now, 40. <laughs> everything you experience <laughs> teaches you something and, you know, it's not until you have accumulated a few of these experiences as you're kind of plodding along that you go, oh, you know, if I could have, you know, maybe if I knew where I wanted to be, now like then maybe I would have gone a different way but I might not have wanted to be there if I had gone that way or whatever so life's a life's a funny thing well and then you put those experiences into a song like this one which in turn might help someone else because as I said at the top it's a very motivating song and you're never going to know the number of people it motivates right like there'll be the occasional person who might tell you but 
that's the, the I guess the cyclical nature of what you do and it's also part of why art is so important because you do take your experiences put them into art put them into the world yeah yeah that's you know ultimately that's you know we we share our own experiences it's my you know it's part um you know therapy for me going through the process of writing about it and and analyzing the experiences in in that sense um you know particularly when you're trying to craft it into a song it's like oh do we want to delve into this aspect of it or are we sticking to this aspect of it and but this this particular song you know I really did want it to be one that just gave people that get up and fight you know whatever it whether they're at work and their boss is giving them or they're you know, partner is not supporting them or, you know, someone in their family is treating them like, you know, just, you've got to, you got one life. It's over before, you know, <laughs> but it like, you never know when. That's when, right. Well, that's right. Yeah. And, um, you know, I just think you can, we're, we're never going to be able to go back and press rewind or go back and relive something. Oh, oops. i did that wrong I'll just go back and try that again no so you may as well give it everything you've got and yeah just that's that's what I try to do and and that's what I hope this song kind of gives people that Mm -hmm. that push in the direction to to do that for themselves as well yeah I think it does and you wrote it with Joni Delorier and you have written with her before I think it was Karma was the song you wrote with her did you click the first time you wrote together yeah, uh, we did. But I mean, we would just sit there and talk for like, <laughs> we go, we're meant to be writing a song. <laughs> so she's she's an amazing um, person and, you know, a real empath sort of, we're similar characters, I think. So yeah, when we get started on something, you know, and, and always when you start a songwriting session, you start talking about inevitably something that's happened during the day or the week or whatever and then and then it turns into a yeah 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 well we both feel that and then next minute you kind of let's write a song about it so I think that week we'd probably both had some things happen and all right gotta get this out (laughs) let's channel all of the negative things that have happened in our lives and um but yeah I think she gets me as a songwriter and as a, you know, vocalist as well, um, the type of music that I want to write, you know, I really love that kind of edgy, edge of bluesy, southerny country rock mm. sort of sound, you know, and I like mm. incorporating those different sort of sounds and and melodies into it because I feel, I don't know, I like listening to that. So that's, so mm. I made a decision at the beginning of the last record that, I was only going to make music that I liked listening to, <laughs> you know, because it can be easy to fall into the trap of, you know, what's popular and what's, mm. you know, um, you know, what else is out there and trying to follow trends and and that sort of thing. And for me, it's just so boring. Like I couldn't think of anything worse than just writing another song like the song before, like mm-hmm. every other song out there, you know. And so I'm really um passionate about making sure that every song has its own little place and and uh really represents me as an artist both 
through the melody and the way that it's delivered, but also the production and all that sort of stuff. I like, mm-hmm. and that's, I love working with Troy as well, the, the producer, because he just, he's like, you know, send me your favorite five songs at the moment, you know, and, right. and it's like, oh, cool. Okay. Oh, I think I feel where you, where you're at at the moment. Let's, you know, incorporate some of that. And um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a great feeling to have that sort of, team and people around you that you can sort of work with and work off you know bounce mm-hmm. off and you can put this team together because you are an independent artist um and I imagine there are risks and rewards inherent in that it's you know you're out there on your own uh, but one of the things that must help you with this is that as I discovered for the first time you have two degrees one in economics and one in management so that must be a set of skills that's quite useful it does help it does help um and I have a number of years, uh, mainly because of said ex-partner, um, where I went off and studied, uh, went off and worked for in a consulting, one of the five top five global consulting firms, um, doing big system transformations and change management programs and things like that um, for organisations. Um, you know, because I had that degree and then so project management and all that sort of stuff, which has really helped me um, with what I do with music because um, it, you, there's just so many things that need to happen all the time. I, I you know, I know that, I know that my supporters understand all of the things that go in. I try to share as much behind the scenes as possible, but, you know, before the, first songs out you're thinking about the next one and it's overlapping time frames and it can be you know if you don't sort of have it all mapped out you can just trip over yourself and before you know it you've missed the deadline for this and you've you know everything's sort of yeah it's it's a shame because you don't give everything the opportunity that it could have to be as successful as it could be so um yeah it's you know I live in spreadsheets and Google Docs and project plans and Asana and uh, it's, you know, it's not as glamorous as it feels to spend most of the day project managing my, you know, um, releases. But it's, I'm so glad that I have that experience Mm. doing it. And, um, you know, my first album I released independently as well. Um, So I learned a lot of things through that experience of, you know, after the fact, oh, you're meant to register it with, oh, you're meant to have, you know, Mm. signed it up. Oh, you're meant to have, how come it didn't end up in this chart? Oh, because you had to have submitted it to, oh, all right. So now all these little things are in a timeline and it's all (sighs) re-release, checklist and all this stuff that, um, you know, just helps keep it all on track. But, yeah, there's a lot of little little things in the background to just keep and keep an eye on but um and then now of course of course music is all the marketing and and Mm -hmm. advertising and digital marketing and all that side of things as well so I'm now studying marketing and communications as well (laughs) so I've done some of some as part of my degrees and other training but I'm doing another formal qualification in that too because you know it's good to good to have skills <laughs> look at this but I, I'm thinking you could create a software product like <laughs> self-management for artists out of and put in all your spreadsheets and everything because I'm listening going oh she uses a son oh okay that's interesting oh, yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If only I had things to, you know, people to assign these tasks to others than yes. myself. <laughs> Damn it. I think that is to myself again. <laughs> <laughs> now, one task you're going to have to assign yourself is getting to Gimpy for the yes. muster. Yeah. Are, I'm presuming you've played the muster before. I've never played the Gimpy muster. How is that possible? Oh, it's just so, I'm just cannot wait to, to play it. I'm on the, I'm, in the crowbar stage on the Sunday. I don't know what time yet, so I'm, I'm still waiting to hear about that. But, um, yeah, I can't wait. This this last couple of years has been a big few years of firsts for me. I played Denny last year. I'd never played that before. And then this year, Gimpy. So I'm, you know, slowly ticking through the, you know, the big festivals of, of country music. And, um, yeah. I can't, I can't, there's just been more and more festivals coming up and coming out and I'm, it's just the best feeling to be, to be playing on those stages and to country music fans and, you know, people come up to you at the end and I've never heard of you before, but you were amazing or whatever, you know, and you make these sort of life connections with people that, mm. um, I played Charters Towers Country Music Festival a couple of weeks ago and, and it was just the line was going out and so many people said, oh, we didn't really know who you were. <laughs> That's nice. That's why it's good to play festivals oh, and you're yeah, exposed yeah. to new people. Well, to get a better marketing presence up in North Queensland. <laughs> yeah. But, um, but, um, but it was just, so you know, so many new supporters out of that that, that are really passionate about what else can we do? We need to get you back here. And, you know, it's that's kind of beautiful as opposed to playing somewhere where everyone's just sort of walking past or yeah you know. blase about stuff yeah yeah and I think there was also am I right in thinking a cattle dog festival of some kind yeah. <laughs> is it called the cattle dog festival play it's the cattle dog it's the great cattle dog muster oh the cattle dog muster that's what it was yeah <laughs> um yeah that's in Musselbrook so that'll be amazing it's I played it last year as well it's beautiful I mean all these beautiful little puppy dogs around and you know <laughs> our system's louder than them so don't worry. <laughs> got a nice little backing choir of howling dogs around the place no it's that's you know that's the beauty I think of country music is you get to play in these yeah. unusual um locations and festivals and things that have to do with you know country people and country things so yeah I, I love that because I love love animals and so I'm just they're like Haley, it's time to get on stage I'm like one more cuddle I'm <laughs> back <laughs> Well, and a place where there will be no dogs will be cruising country, which you are yes. doing as well at the end of the yes. year. Uh, have you done that one before? I haven't. It's another oh, first. first. There we go. I know. I saw the the announcement go out for it, the first lineup announcement, and I was like, I need to find out how I can get on this. I'm like, I'd love to be on it and, and manage to find who was booking it. And, um, yeah, so I'm really excited to be part of part of uh yeah cruising country i've spoken to amber lawrence who's done it many many times and uh she says that it is right up my alley so i'm really excited <laughs> don't know exactly what she means she's like you know days of just sipping champagne by the pool and then oh yeah and the odd gig <laughs> yeah. oh, no, it looks great it's a, a new caledonia this year just so, you know in case yes. anyone's interested in going but it sounds like before that you may have an album out or you'll be on the way to having an album out it'll be next year i think that we get yeah. the album happening um i know it's it, it feels like ages away but um 
still writing, still recording, sifting through songs that I've written and sort of pulling together. So, and I just want to make sure that it's, you know, um, again, because I'm releasing this on my own this time, it, it has to be exactly what I want to, what I want to do. So that's what I'm, um, that's what I'm working on. I've got, I've got a whole bunch of, I've got the next one single ready and the next few songs ready to go as well. But um, yeah, I'm just keeping a bit of an open mind about where it might go at this point. So yes. And in between there, I'm playing at the Lights on the Hill um, uh, Festival in, well, it's the Convoy and Memorial Convoy up in Gatton in Queensland, Mm -hmm. which is the truck trucking um, Memorial Convoy. And the road hammers are coming over from Canada to play at it. <laughs> so, which is going to be amazing. So I'll get to sing Four Boots live with Clayton Bellamy. Yeah. <laughs> well, you have a lot of diverse experiences coming up. In the meantime, people can listen to Bring It On and get as motivated as I have been by the song. Haley. it's been so lovely to talk to you. Thank you for your time. You too. Thank you so much for having me on your great podcast again. I love watching all of your segments and hearing the artists talk about, you know, thing, you do really very compelling interviews. So thank oh, you. Thank you. <laughs> I've, had a, I've had a lot of fun tonight. Thanks. Me too. <laughs> Thanks, Haley. Thanks for listening to the Sunburnt Country Music Podcast. For more Australian country music interviews and reviews and other things, go to sunburntcountrymusic.com or to Sunburnt Country Music on Instagram, Facebook and TikTok.